to Potadelphia. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a guy who had a two pillowcase Halloween. What's up, Gene? Yeah, man. I was one of those guys that uh, just went around. And if I saw a bowl, I just emptied the whole damn thing. Um, the uh, ring doorbell uh, camera be damned. Uh, I was wearing my Hufflepuff mask, so you'll never know it was me. <laughs> Um, this is Gene Selak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. You can find the show at Potadelphia. You know, ha- Halloween was Saturday night, and um, a very different Halloween this year for I, the kids. I, I said to to uh, to my brother that this was the introvert's Halloween that they've always dreamed of, where um, if you were an introvert kid uh, like I kind of was, you always hated having to interact with your neighbors. Um so the fact that most of the the treats were uh, like eight to ten feet away from any other humans and just on a table and you could peruse them and and choose what you wanted and were not at the mercy of uh, some old guy handing you um, you know a little bag of runts or something that you didn't want um, <laughs> a roll of pennies yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah so I, I think this would have been the greatest Halloween for me as uh, as a child it was certainly uh sort of interesting to sort of wander around in like a like a hellish landscape uh <laughs> with goblins running around and everything yeah i um i like i guess it kind of depends on the way your neighborhood is configured but i think this halloween for me it, it was a step in a positive direction and i hope more halloweens are like this where it just seemed every house had a fire pit yeah in front of it and then they just had a table and then you could virtually ignore the children or you could in- engage and comment with them from a socially distant uh safe range what a what a lovely costume what are you supposed to be you know all, all that stuff but you you were basically sitting around a fire pit drinking some sort of uh, cider fireball uh concoction you know, some we had a we had a projector. Uh, we were watching movies. It was great. I'm surprised you didn't do one of those. See, in my neighborhood, there were a lot of people that were doing the shoots. Um, and I don't know, maybe your neighborhood's a little different, but a lot of us have like walk ups to a, like a porch where you have to kind of walk up a couple flights of stairs to get up to the to the porch. So a lot yeah. of our my neighbors were were building like out of PVC pipe shoots so that the kids would come to the bottom of the steps and the and the 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 house person would you know talk to them from the top and then drop like a a fun size snicker into the chute and you would just put your bag at the bottom would drop right into your bag it was like it was like it was like banking yeah it was like banking you know when i used to go with my grandmother uh, to the bank i used to always love that because when she would deposit a check they would send back with her receipt uh, a dum-dum so yeah. Uh, it was kind of like the pneumatic candy dispenser. Yeah, it was always the best thing. I was like, man, banks are awesome. It's where you get candy. That's, yeah, that's great. And especially if you could do it via, you know, some sort of cam, uh, you don't even have to get out of your house. You know, you just you just sit on the chair and just right. drop it in when a, when a kid comes by. I like it. Yeah. So that was Pretty our good. neighborhood. Well, I'm glad you had a good Halloween, Gene. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, it was eventful. So yeah. then, uh, you know, that wasn't the end of the weekend since Halloween was Saturday. That lead us led us into Sunday. Uh, no daytime football for the Eagles. So you could kind of uh, take in all of the other NFL games sort of stress-free. A couple good games. 
uh, throughout the day. I don't know if you watched any of uh, yeah. Dalvin well, Cook run watch, wild um, all over Minnesota or all over Green Bay. Yeah, I watched a little of that game. I'm in. I, I, I just moved, which is why the show is delayed a day. Uh, sorry for anyone who was waiting with bated breath to see our reaction uh, to Eagles Dallas, but I, I'm in the middle of moving and I had to get my internet all set up and everything. So I was doing a lot of packing and you know transporting of small small baubles uh, from my <laughs> one house to the other. Um, so I did watch a little Vikings. I, I what I really when I was getting ready to 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 settle in and watch the Eagles, I. Um, I got to watch the end of the Bears Saints. Yeah, that was the other game that I I, I paid close attention to. And, yeah, fun uh, game. Yeah, really fun game. Were, were you were you rooting unabashedly for Nick Foles, or were you rooted unabashedly against Nick Nick Foles? <laughs> I was bashedly rooting for Nick Foles. Okay, all right. I <laughs> I, I I sort of um I sort of was looking at an eye towards this could be a potential matchup one of these two teams. Um, for the Eagles if they end up in the playoffs is. somehow. So it, I was, what was funny is that is the first outdoor game for the for Drew Brees this year. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like how many so it was it was the eighth game of the season, right? Yeah, somehow he's managed to play like in all domes or whatever. What the hell's I mean, obviously they, you know, they play probably four or five games in New Orleans. Right. And they played an Atlanta game. Yeah, and did they play Detroit too? I think they, and they must have played like Detroit and the Vikings. Or either something. Detroit and the Vikings or Detroit and Arizona or something like that. Yeah, I'd have to look yeah, at Yeah, maybe that is wild, though. That's not football. And their bye. I think they also had their bye already. Yeah, that's not football to me. They might have also been one of those teams that had a game like postponed or something. It's, it's, it's oh, all yeah. very strange. This whole year has been very, very strange. Yeah, but so, you know, predictably, Nick Foles comes up short. Just a bit. Well, it was, uh, the nice thing was that there was a lot of discussion in overtime of, you know, which, which doesn't come up short often. No, uh, <laughs> that's why he's got his nickname. Um, <laughs> but they were, there was a lot of discussion about going towards the double joint end zone. So I wonder if there's, oh, yeah, yeah. there's any signage in soldier field now that was like, here, here lies the double doink. It's like Utley corner. Yeah. Cody Parky corner. Yeah. There's like a, there's a big, uh, it's like an eagle's helmet, right, right where the double doink, you know, occurred. And little markings on the actual go po- goalposts of where the where the no. ball hit. God, that's like they should do in Toronto. Put the quadruple doink. Yeah, the, put all the markings of the uh, the miracle shot. Whatever. Um, so yeah, Halloween was Saturday. Eagles game Sunday. Which was scarier? Yeah, I think it was <laughs> way scarier. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I, I had been I done with horror I'm like movies. Speechless after this game. I think. Uh, did you watch post game live? I watched a lot of it last night. Actually, I just I need for there was some reason for some reason I needed to sort of. Well, we weren't recording, so right? We, I needed to sort of get an opportunity sort of commiserate with other people. And honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Ray Diddinger that sort of like just unabashedly <laughs> angry at what he had seen. He was really fired up. He was more well, fired up than Seth Joyner, which never happens. So the Eagles beat the Cowboys with 23-9. But um, it certainly didn't feel like that. Well, okay, so you, you, you've beaten the Cowboys. Uh, you beat them handily. You cover the 11.5-point spread, which is what that ballooned up to. You, uh, you're a game and a half in first place, and you're going into the bye week. Why is everybody mad, Gene? 
because <laughs> because <laughs> your quarterback had four turnovers, three of which um, were just awful and had the same quarterback rating as a guy who was drafted in the seventh <laughs> round who you've never heard of. I think that's why people might be a little upset. Well, and and that was what leads me back to uh, post game live because Barkhand started it with the Mike Schmidt quote. Uh, Philadelphia is the only town you can experience the thrill of victory and the agony of reading about it the next day. Yeah, that uh, is a yeah, great quote, though. It is a great quote, and it, it's so it's so apropos to to this this week in particular because you know what would you rather like would you rather them play great and lose or play like this and win because we've seen we've seen both of those things happen well i don't know that we so much have seen them play great but we have seen them play some inspired quarters of football yeah uh, i would go to so far as to say whole second halves that have looked okay yeah i mean when we talk about there were some moments in the steelers game there were some moments in the that ravens game that that give you hope so while sometimes we're sitting on this this show you, you know on a sunday night talking about moral victories is this a moral defeat it, i i've never heard the term moral defeat maybe that's something we can i made it up just yeah. now I, maybe we should the... trademark that um that seems like a good thing you know that we could we could sort of put our stamp on in the lexicon but um yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think particularly this year, you you sort of are looking across the landscape and realizing, um, you know, you're playing in a division that may go to a team that with only six wins or, you know, if, if you get to seven wins, you may win the division by three games. Um, and and it's a very frustrating thing to, to look at a game like this and then look at the schedule and be like, the Eagles may not win again this month, you know, and it's November. It's 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 crazy to think that you've got a first place team that you have no confidence that they can they can win another game the rest of the the rest of the month and still expect to make the playoffs. You you, you just have this sense of this is a like a a, a dreadfully doomed season that no matter the, the best case scenario is still some sort of a sacrificial lamb scenario. So you're trying to find these silver linings that are not named Travis Fulgham in this uh, in this season. And you're just sort of hoping that after week after week, that one of these times you're going to see Carson Wentz come out and and just play a clean game like you just you just (laughs) want to see him play one game without a turnover, just one clean game. And, you know, this had every all of the things, all the stars should have lined up for that last night. He had. They were playing a historically bad rush defense. The, the The Cowboys give up like almost 200 yards on the ground per game. It's historically bad. Uh, the the other the opposing team was starting a quarterback who was a third round uh, a seventh round pick, basically because he was a kid that was on the head coach's brother's basketball team in junior <laughs> high school or something. I, I couldn't follow all of Al Michaels' little stories about this quarterback whose name I have literally already forgotten. Um, but, like, that was about all I could put together as to why he was on the Dallas Cowboys. Was it was the seventh round, he was still available. Ah, I think my brother knows that kid. So that's how he became a Dallas Cowboy. And then suddenly, through twists of fate, he is starting for the Dallas Cowboys against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um 
this should be the, the this the peak of this person's career. Um, and it's, it should have been a, a, a rousing defeat, which it still was. But Carson Wentz should have out. Carson Wentz is a franchise starting quarterback, paid like a franchise starting quarterback, and he should have showed up and 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 just put up, you know, pedestrian numbers that would have made this guy look like the you know the third string quarterback that he was. But their their statistical if you were to take like player A and player B statistically and lay them next to each other, they're almost identical, other than the touchdowns. Um, it's it's scary how how bad um, the numbers sort of showed what Carson did last night. It if they had anybody else at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys last night, um, I, I am convinced that that game would have been lost in the first half. Um, Dallas just literally is such you know we think we've got it bad. Dallas is is an active dumpster fire that they keep throwing gasoline on every week. Um, I've never seen a team so interested in destroying itself as that team right, is right so now. So I have, and this is the luxury of having a team that has just a shit ton of injuries, is you have literally no sympathy for anybody else's problems. None. I really don't care. I don't care what Dallas's situation is, how many quarterbacks they're on, their third string. I mean, whatever. We've been there. We've been on our third string quarterback. We started before. a third string quarterback in a playoff game. Yeah, so, you know, sorry, Dallas, you, you're not going to, you, you know, there's no tears for you. Um, but that being said, they have an excuse. I'm, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. on your third, when you're on your third string quarterback, it's kind of like, well, whatever. Uh, you know, any point you get is like, hey, it's a miracle we got this point, which is, <laughs> you know, um, listening to Chris Collinsworth just, verbally give fellatio to the Cowboys <laughs> in the first quarter of that game was just, you know, they do a, a an end around and it's like, Oh my God, look at all this creative play calling. I mean, they're really finding a way. And it's, you know, it's just nonsense. Uh, but it's because it's like, what, what are your expectations? What are your expectations when, when you're starting? What, what the hell is this guy's name? Denunzio or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, what is what? Seriously, what are your expectations when you're playing a team that's two, four, and one, and you are you are you're uh, you're minus eleven and a half, uh, you know, or you're plus eleven and a half. I'm sorry. What are your expectations for that game? It's like, well, if we score ten points, is it is it a, is it an accomplishment? Or, you know, we score fifty, you know, whatever. Now flip it to the Eagles. What are your expectations for that game? I mean, yeah, you obviously expect to win. You expect to dominate that game. Um, and I, it's like such a weird thing because, you know, it was close. We were losing at, losing at the half, which is, you know, psychotic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, evidently, you know, eventually the, the cream rose to the top and the, and the superior team did win. Um, but, man, it wasn't for, for a lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a quote, and I forget what player it was coming off the field last night, because um, I think I tuned into um, to the post game just after the interview happened. But apparently, one of, one of the players, I think it was one of the defensive players, said, "Hey, man, you know, all three phases of the game showed up, and that was the important thing." W would you agree that all three phases of the game showed up for the Eagles last night? No, I mean the the I think the defense. I mean, obviously. 
you know, the defense showed up that they held him out. They kept him out of the end zone. Um, nine points, you know, again, but like, what are your, ex- like, that was my expectation for this defense. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't say special teams showed up. Yeah. Much. I mean, there was, there was no, there was no moment where I well, felt there like- was a moment for them to show up. And I mean, again, it's that thing. So it was when Dallas was, you know, they gave up the cheeky safety. Right, right, right. Um, which to the delight of gamblers everywhere. Um, they gave up the cheeky safety and then uh, did the onside ish punt. Yeah, that, that like straight up thing that then took yeah, that weird which bounce. Is like awesome. Like this is a cool this is like kind of a cool thing to see, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Collins would say, like, you can fair catch that. Well, I don't think any of the Eagles knew that. No. And I don't know that Doug is screaming at everyone on the sideline to make sure that they, you know, if that is the strategy for the onside kick to make sure whoever the closest is to fair catch that. And at one point, uh, I think it, they said it was Greg Ward was in position that he could have done it. But he was the deep guy. So they kicked oh, it okay. between the, 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 the blockers and the, re- and the receivers. And um, he was the deep guy. I don't think he could have made that play. It mm-hmm. seemed like he had to come a long way. But whatever – it's something that you know when we talk about all three phases showing up, you really had one glaring moment for the special teams, and I don't think they showed up. I mean, they right. were, and ultimately, rec- and again, it's like one of those things. Like, well, we fucking recovered it, Dave. What else do you want us to do? <laughs> I want you to not, you know, give me a heart attack while you're doing it. Well, and uh, you know, again, my my, I guess the other question about the special teams is, does Doug have zero confidence in his kicker? Is that like what we've established is that he has no confidence in his kicker? Did they kick one extra point? Was that it? Just the one Mm -hmm. Um, in a game like that yesterday, you're, you're still going for two. Like you're like, you're, you've got to charge (laughs) from behind. Um, I mean, I guess the math sort of made sense, but the, the way the Eagles go for two lately, it feels like they they look at, at Jake Elliott and they're like, man, I I still feel like I got a better shot getting two than one. Sorry, that's my dog, if you could hear that. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> well, they went for two to try to put it up six, right? So to give you that extra little, you know, two field goals won't win it. Yeah, I guess point. I guess it was yeah. they were up four and, and four and five are essentially the same number. Yeah, I think the math at that point was the same. or It, it told you to go for two. Like, whatever. I I'm over it at this point. Like, if Doug wants to be cute with that all season, I I, I don't think there's anything we're going to do to change that. Um, the uh, the know. the long kick from from Dallas was was that? Uh, did you expect uh, did you expect him to hit? What was that? A 62 yarder, basically a uh, a line drive, or is what do they call that? A Pete Rose line drive there at the end of the half. So I've been a big fan of Greg Zerline for a long time. Back in the uh, I think it was in the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, yeah, he was a long time Ram. I mean, he's a strong kicker, so I'm not I'm not super surprised that that he made a, you know, a big I, I guess I am surprised that it was such a windy night. Um, but basically I guess you have to kind of kick it just underneath of any sort of those those weird drafts or or know the wind well enough to 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 kick it you know, so that it'll It just seems to me that you know, Carson's 20-yard passes are drastically influenced by the wind, but a 62 yard field goal, um, you know, a guy can somehow make that 
go true. So, right. You know, it's interesting to me that because uh, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. Uh, when you talk about Carson's turnovers, uh, the only one that I thought was remotely forgivable was the deep ball. Um, my my problem with that is that the play got called. Um, I'm not sure why you're throwing that in that situation, but you know what? I, I'll, I'll take that. You know, on a windy night, that you you have a bomb that sort of gets away from you or gets away from your receiver. Um, what I don't understand is why I'm still watching interviews uh, in the post game show when Carson Wentz is like, "Yeah, on that fumble, uh, I've got to get rid of the ball because you know what? All of us who've been watching the game since week one could have told you that." So I, I, I mean, I don't know what. I'll go back. I'll go back to that high tower um, interception. You know, Carson throws this ball up. I don't know if it's affected by the wind or whatever, but. Hightower looks like he plays right field for my son's little league team. And he's just been picking dandelions for the last 45 minutes. And now a ball's hit to him and he's looking up and he's going, Oh, where is it? Where is it? And uh, meanwhile, Diggs or whoever the hell intercepted that. Yeah. Stefan Diggs brother. He makes a beeline right for the landing spot of this ball. Like no problem. So the guy who the, the play is designed to go to, oh, where is it? I can't find it. Yeah, it was but like five yards defender, short. No problem. We got this on lockdown. So, uh, again, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the issue was with that, but uh, seems to me like that one might have been on the receiver. And and why, why are we still drawing up bombs to, to that guy when Jalen Rager's back? That's another another question. I didn't I didn't see Rager targeted, targeted deep much last night. Um, and he's back. You know, yeah, but did, I don't know that he's a hundred. He may not be. He may not be, and and with a broken hand, maybe. And he not. dropped the ball early on. He did. He did. I don't know if he trusts him. So, um, one of the other things that they were talking about um, when they were talking about the the fumbles, um, you, it, are are you convinced that this is a, a Carson's mental thing, or is this a coaching issue? What I mean, I, what what? I how do you solve the the fumble issue? I don't, I don't know, man, but I think we need to start having a conversation that, like, is Carson Wentz the worst quarterback in the league? Of, of the starting quarterbacks? Or is he, like, bottom five? I, I certainly think he's, 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 he's bottom ten. Um, so, like, would you rather have, I don't know, you'd rather have Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Yeah, right now I would. Yeah. Uh, you'd rather have – well, here's an interesting one. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins right now? No. Mm, Why? No. Because no. uh, I'm, I'm taking into account the fact that they're probably – they're about the same age. Kirk Cousins is probably, what, a year, two years older? Um, <laughs> hi, Chloe. Hi, <laughs> um, <laughs> he probably like a year, two years older. His contract is worse than Carson's. Uh, no, well, I mean, that's not really that. And he's I'm, not, he's not money better. Out of it. He's I'm just, not... he's just not better. No, just take, just take like money and age and contracts and stuff. Uh, Kirk out Cousins, of it I feel like doesn't like right he... now who's playing better. Like, would you rather have uh, they're probably for the rest of the season? Maybe they're playing about the same. I just don't think Cousins gives you any other aspect other than his arm. Um, and Cousins has better receivers than his playing just about as bad yeah that's true what about cam newton would you rather have cam newton uh that's another like head case um man i i don't know i maybe maybe i'd want to have cam but like you really seriously would need to commit to him being 
sort of a running Michael Vick style quarterback. Like you, you, I do not want Cam the pass, the, 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 the pocket passer. All right, here, how about this? I'll just read the quarterbacks and you say, stop when it's a quarterback you would not rather have ever wins. Okay. All right. So Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, Josh Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. Yeah. I'd rather have, I'd rather have Wentz over Pitt Fitzpatrick. All right. Drew Brees. Fitzpatrick's Ryan not Tan- starting either. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have Tannehill right now. Derek Carr. <sighs> uh, I think I'd rather have Wentz than Carr. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Nah, 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 oh, how, about, rather... how about Baker Mayfield? Well, I'd rather have Wentz than Mayfield. Okay, I'd rather have Wentz yeah, than Mayfield. So Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, obviously. Brady, obviously. Uh, Stafford? Mm, no, I'd rather Stafford. Yeah, me too. Uh, Philip Rivers. Mm, I might want to have Wentz over Rivers because I think Rivers is done. Although he still had a good game this weekend. Daniel Jones. I'd rather have Winston Jones. Really? Yeah, Jones. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. We'll see how he does tonight. Jared Goff. Man. <laughs> It's tough, man, because you know, as as you know, as recently as last year, two years ago, a lot of these guys you you'd take went over them without a hesitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so be- it's I don't know what's I don't know what is wrong with him. I don't know what is wrong with him, and I don't know. He's either got to get it fixed, or we're in a we're in a we got a problem. Was there a point last night where you were seriously like, I think it's time? To see what Hurts has. I, this is the game it's, to bring him in. I do not want to lose this game to Dallas. Come out the second half with Hurts starting. Let's do it. Because that's kind of what I thought. When we went in losing at halftime, I was like, Doug, you want to you want to show me some, some of those big brass ones? Come in with two starting in the second half. He didn't do it, but he did let Jalen Hurts so pass much. yesterday. He did let Jalen Hurts pass yesterday. He completed a pass. Didn't look terrible doing it. It's not so much as I need to see what Jalen Hurts has. I think it might be more like Carson needs. You think he needs he needs that that he needs that head that head cage rattled a little bit to be like, hey man, you know this is not you know nothing in life is guaranteed. I mean, he might need like a Dave Hackstall watch a game from the booth day to to like I don't know, man. Like, do people? Does Doug get in get in on him during the week and show him this film like that that you know look this is what the people all across the Delaware Valley have to watch on a regular <laughs> basis like are you seriously going to force us to continue to to watch, to watch I mean this and they nonsense? all say the right thing they're all like you can't turn the ball over and I mean oh. most games you turn the ball over four times you are not going to win you certainly are not going to cover 11 points um uh, and if you do that against Seattle, or if you do that against even Cleveland, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Um, and I'm really afraid that like the next like three or four games that we're going to watch are, are, you know, I think we have the Giants again soon. But other than that, who? Um, well, get you know, it's and it's this. You know, you say they say all the right things. So if this is the same crap. It just the words are in a different order. You know, this is I got to do a better job. The words are just in a different order. If I tell my boss, hey, we didn't make we didn't make our targets for the quarter. 
you know, I guess I got to do a better job doesn't really work. It's like, no, I know you need to do a better job. So what the fuck are you going to do differently now to ensure that you have a different result? So let's go through the action plan. What are we going to do? Right. So, you know, Wentz, I got to see you throw the ball away five times a game, you know, or like, you know, maybe it is something that's radical like that. You know, you got to find an opportunity to throw the ball away five times. And I look, I'm I'm not a football coach. I don't know if that kind of that kind of stuff works, you know. But I know Brett tried it with Ben. Like, look, you got to take two, two, you know, three three pointers a game. I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose. I don't care the situation. You just got to shoot them. It's like right. cars car, take snaps. Throw it out. <laughs> Throw it out of bounds. I just need to see it happen. Well, I mean, time. I think one of the things that's clear to me is that if you're a defensive coordinator and you've got the Eagles on your schedule, you you <laughs> are telling your linemen and your linebackers and your secondary, hey, man, like if you see that ball, you you need to to go after the ball. I think that it's, it's very apparent that these guys that are applying the amount of pressure that he is under, they're not just always looking to go at the legs and, and just get him – get him bottled up they are looking to create that turnover and and you would be dumb not to so i think if you're the eagles you need to look at what it is in his mechanics that is leaving the ball open basically with a big red target on it you know is it is it the way that he's protecting it is it is it the is it the the play call that you're you're you know the drops that you're you're putting him in um I don't know, but there's something in what he's doing. It's like you. It's like when you play poker and you've got a horrible tell. Um, we all know well, when he's got the when, when when he's trying to bluff. The uh, the best the, the the silver lining for Carson is that he, that he never has to play against Brandon Graham. Yeah, who is the uh, the master of that? He is that, the uh, he is the yeah. sack fumble master for sure. So. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a little limited on time tonight. So, do we want to shift gears and talk a little Sixers? I mean, Eagles are going into a bye week. We can kind of like take our foot off the Eagles gas pedal for a little while. And now. I think everybody who's listening, <laughs> they agree with us. Um, <laughs> they all watch the game, man. Yeah, but no, let's talk a little bit about the Sixers and 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 they've they've made some big big decisions here this week. Um, do you have any initial gut? I didn't do any research feelings because um, that's all I got for you tonight. <laughs> Well, it just seems to me like someone said we we need a fucking adult in this room. And it's to me, it's the same conversation that John Middleton ought to be having after, you know, two we talk about two trades that, you know, kind of depleted the stockpile a little bit. And for the Sixers, it's, you know, two trades, really. It's the it's yeah. the Butler trade and then um it's the uh um <laughs> Tobias Harris, the Tobias Harris trade. And both of those trades put you in a really terrible position because Butler walked. And then to make any kind of, you know, make the trade worth it at all, you had to, you know, sign Tobias Harris to a, to a max deal. Um, And I'm sure neither one of those things, this, Sixers wanted to happen and you know the Phillies are in that same thing with JT Romuto and I think we're all coming to the realization that that signing isn't happening right um and you know the Sixers at least were you know enough you know gave gave themselves enough self-reflection to say we need a fucking adult in this room and Elton Brand like we love you we just don't know that you're ready to make these massive 
the organizational altering uh, trades. So, you know, Daryl Morey is the guy that sort of built the Rockets into what we know of as they are, you know, sort of took them out of the Yao Ming. Well, I guess he he sort of was, was there at the, the end of Yao Ming's career, but uh, took them out of the sort of like Akeem Olajuwon twin yeah. tower sort of Rockets into the modern look Rockets and sort of kept that um, that franchise competitive in a, a conference that was basically uh, bookended by all-time dynasties in the Golden State Warriors and, and now what may be the Lakers. Um, hopefully the Lakers is going to be a very short-lived sort of, uh, sort of situation. But uh, I, I think mostly to your point, I think the Sixers were like, we need to find an architect. Um, I think that they didn't consider necessarily, and whether it was the Sixers themselves or the NBA, didn't consider what Sam Hinkie was doing as the type of architect that they wanted. Uh, they didn't want somebody who, they didn't know whether they were going to be willing to flip the switch to go out of tank mode uh, and into competitive mode. Um, I think that I would have liked to have seen that play out a little more. I would have liked to see what, you know, win now sort of hinky looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not going to get that chance. But I do like that they sort of went and found someone who had a who has a philosophy and is respected not only, you know, in one location, but I think he's got a lot of respect league-wide. Um, he knows how to put together a team in the modern NBA. I think what we ended up happening, you know, with, with the collar situation um, and having that year where we had Brett Brown GM, um, we, we ended up losing uh, the – we lo lost continuity, um, you know, and, and when you lose that sort of a situation, you end up with sort of this mishmash that we've got right now where on paper it looks like we should be good, but the problem is we, we are built for a different era of basketball. Um, you know, we, we, it's an easy thing to counterpunch tall now in the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would love to see not so much what's going to, you know, I think the the driving question or, or, or talking point with this is going to be what's going to happen with Joel and Ben. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think anything's going to happen with them this year. I think that you're going to go in certainly with those two on the roster, and they're going to be on the roster the whole time. I think where you're going to see the real change is going to be in – what happens with players, you know, like six through 13? Um, what other bodies are going to come in and what sort of skill sets they're going to look for in the draft? What sort of skill sets they're going to look for in um, in these other players that they're going to go in and try to get uh, in free agency? And you're going to see the Sixers play a different style because you're also going to see a different set of rotations. I think we all got sort of sick of Brett Brown's oddball rotations where you know every night you're like head, scratching your head being like yeah but, why but is so and so the, in the game right now but to the gm point like do, do you think the sixers are thinking that now nah, like it because they're being linked to a lot of teams and a lot of different trade speculations yeah and do you think that that someone is going you know so someone has it in their mind that a trade needs to happen or a shakeup needs to happen, and we just don't trust Elton Brand to do it. I think I think there's certainly the idea that if it's not this year, there 
you know, I think that there, if you if you take Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, if you look at those four players, when the Sixers are going to win a championship, if, if if this is the, if we are in the window, so to speak, I think that it's very possible that only two of those four players are on this team, um, you know, and I think that it can be any combination of those four. Although I think it's one of those players is Al Horford that's not going to be here. Um, I just think that that experiment didn't didn't work out. And I was all for it. I liked Al Horford a lot as a player, and I really liked the idea of not having him playing against Joel Embiid. He seemed like Embiid kryptonite. But in a weird way, it seems like his effect is still happening, even though he's on the team. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that the NBA is one of the – the other thing with the NBA is it's it's the weirdest league in the sense that – you do sort of see those mega moves uh, more so than you see in other places. And maybe if Morey was able to work out some sort of a real blockbuster deal between them and Houston or Sacramento or somebody where, you know, they could sort of, he could sort of remake or remold the team in his own vision. I, I just don't know that the trade is out there yet. Um, I don't. I don't know that the the move that you're going to move Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons is is materializing yet. Will it before the season starts? Maybe, uh, but I, I think that the main reason he is here is not necessarily to 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 come in and make that move now, but when that move needs to be done. And I think this is directly to your point. They want him to make that call, or at least be the guiding hand. I, I'm surprised that they left. Uh, Elton Brand in place. My my thought being that the the structure is just sort of different, and that Moray was like, yeah, he can stay GM. I'm going to have final say. Right. Um, so we'll see. I I think it's interesting. I think that it managed to sort of pull me out of that. That the Sixers are just they're just screwed. They just screwed this whole thing up, and it's and they're broken, and it's I don't know how to fix them. Um, I don't know that anybody could. They certainly kind of rein invigorated my enthusiasm for for checking in on them every day and and seeing what they're up to um so i'm excited to see what could happen here in the next six or eight weeks yeah i mean uh, i'm i'm excited for for the arena teams to start again um yeah i hope uh hope we get seasons up and running uh you know soon because i don't know i don't know how much longer the eagles can carry the banner no Ugh, no um one final point, we, we you talked about it a little bit. So uh, Andy McPhail had a press conference where he sort of, I guess, made an excuse for why they might not re-sign JT Romuto. Um, it seems to me that you're, you're, you and I are probably in sort of agreement on this, where our confidence level about him returning as a Philly is maybe at its its all-time low right, right at the moment. Um, do, do you think that there's anybody, there's anything that the Phillies can do short of resigning him that's going to make you feel like they're in a better position than they were at the end of the year to, to, to sort of right the ship? Or do you think that this is going to be? I, mean, a I don't know. Like you know, J JT's great, um, but you know, if they had another quality starter and solid back of the bullpen guy, that that might translate into more wins. Now, I know they also didn't make a qualifying offer to Didi Gregorius this week. Um, because basically they were afraid he would accept it. Yeah. 
Um, so now if he walks, we don't get any sort of co- uh, compensatory draft picks. Well, it um, seems like and, a lot know, of teams figure out it middle, seems like, middle infield. It seems like a lot of teams didn't make compensatory or, uh, you know, those those initial offers qualifying offers. Yeah, it seems like that's sort of been the <laughs> mode is I, I guess maybe there a lot of uh, these organizations are waiting to see where the where the big, you know, heavy pockets. I'm sure are these small market money. teams are really hit hard. Yeah, like Cleveland. You know, the fact and... that no fans, which I'm sure they're looking around going like, hey, this is NFL, this is bullshit. Like, why do you get to have 7,500 people in the stands and cases are as high as they've ever been? Well, you know, we're here at MLB, cases were as low as they had ever been all year, and we right. couldn't have anybody in the stands. Well, so. and 7,500 7, people every night certainly translates to a lot more business than once a week. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... I... Of course, and I would have loved to go to a Phillies game uh, this summer. So. Yeah, even if they um, had, even if it had been half of that, and they were able to do it every night, um, you know, even with a shortened season, I think that it would have been would have been good for fans, and it would have been good for for the organizations. I'm I'm hoping that the calendar. I watched a lot of MLB Network today, and and they they run this calendar um, all day long. Um, you know, I hope everything stays on time, and I hope that uh, we get baseball back on time, and. Hope we get the arena sports back with some some more excitement because you know I feel like the Flyers are in good position and if the Sixers get their act together at least maybe the winter sports could could uh, could be a good again fun again. Um and real quick we have like one minute before you know I gotta I gotta jump off but um, Philadelphia Union um, still top of the table right now yeah um, so. You know, even despite the loss to Columbus this week, uh, still hanging on uh, to first place by I think um, like sheer tie-breaking. Yeah, it's sort of bunched up there near the top. fractions of a percentage. Um, and you know, Andre Blake, the best, the best keeper in MLS, uh, sidelined right now with a broken hand. I, I, um, I honestly think, and I don't know how they tr- they they translate these things if it's split between keepers and position players, but I would think that Andre Blake's in the conversation for MVP of the league. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know if they have like a separate. Yeah, separate I have to look Cy into that. Young type. Yeah. I'm sure they do. It's yeah. some sort of like crazy name trophy. Um, but you know, if they can hang on and keep this top record uh that would be the first trophy right uh for the union's uh trophy case uh but hopefully andre blake will be back for the playoffs because this is really like the team (laughs) that has the best chance of winning a championship right now so um it'd be fun to get an mls playoff run in um because i thought that mls's back tournament was really fun that was great and and it really Um, got me into watching the team and and got me knowing who the different players were and really excited to be be watching them this yeah. season it's and it was, really it's fun. great that aronson is able to finish the season so. right before he he shuffles off into um you know european football and i mean honestly yeah. it, weirdly enough i'm really excited for that too because uh it'll be fun to have a guy to root for you know in, in europe and it'll be excited to see what they do what they do with the money yeah 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 um, all right, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. We'll be back uh, next week uh, discussing the bye week. Yeah, and uh, you know who knows what's going to pop up during the week, but we'll find something. It's always it's always an adventure. Find something jiggy to talk about. Um, uh, go vote if you're listening to this on uh, Tuesday. It's uh, super important, so please do that. 
And uh, we'll be back next week. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Uh, so until we speak again, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here. <laughs> <laughs>